Hello, welcome to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Join us each week as we hear from God's Word, as we seek to prayerfully proclaim the crucified Christ as Lord of all. Welcome, uh, listeners, to another week of uh, the Bible Talks Q&A. My name is Grace. I am a second year trainee working with the engineering faculty, and I'm joined again um, by Tim, uh, one of our campus pastors. Uh, It's week two uh, on campus at the moment, which means that core theology and core training have started. Uh, Tim, is there a story that you would like to share about core theology or training so far? Yeah, thanks, Grace. It's great to be back to keep exploring some of these questions. I've been really encouraged this week. We've started a new course called Welcoming Words, where we're trying to reach first-year students and help them to settle into life at uni. We're exploring what it is to be a Christian at uni, what it means to be involved with a campus Christian group, and how to hopefully start uni life with the gospel at the centre. So really encouraging to see and meet with a new group of students and hear some of their questions, and we're praying that it really helps them to land. Uh, what about for you, something from John 2 and 3 or from Core Theology this week? Yeah, um, it's been cool uh, to see lots of first-timers um, at uh, Core Theology. We had a packed room on Tuesday, uh, which was awesome. Um, in terms of John 2 and 3, um, I think uh, what was really striking uh, was thinking through um, the, the temple and um, Jesus uh, in uh, chapter 2, clearing out the temple, um, clearing the animals that were sold there and uh, the money changers, driving them out, um, and thinking about uh, when uh, traditions and routines uh, that are passed down might sometimes give us confidence um, in our relationship with God. Uh, And Jesus basically shuts that down and says no. um, And yeah, there's no other way for us to have a relationship with God uh, apart from with through Jesus. So that's been really cool. Yeah, it's great to hear. And a few other people had questions. No one asked questions about the temple, uh, <laughs> but we had some questions from earlier with the wedding. Yes, yes. We um, had a question from uh, Byron and Karis. Um, they were interested in the significance of Jesus' resurrection being after three days. Can you help us with that? Yeah, I think they're picking up the idea that chapter 2 begins on the third day. And it's a bit of a weird reference. On the third day of, of what? On the third day of the week? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a reference to Jesus' resurrection? In, uh, I guess, response to Byron's question of what's the significance of Jesus being raised on the third day, there's, uh, I think, a... Uh, a precedent established in, um, in Hosea chapter 6 where uh, we read about uh, this promise, Come, let us return to the Lord, from verse 1, Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us that He may heal us. He has struck us down and He will bind us up. After two days He will revive us. On the third day He will raise us up that we may live before Him. Hmm. There seems to be this expectation, at least from Hosea that this third day would be the day when God's people would be raised up, uh, somewhat of a day of resurrection. And so perhaps there's some uh, expectation there that that's what the third day was about. Mm. Um, But I'm not sure that that's what John had in mind in chapter 2. It's interesting as we went through chapter 1, there's lots of this the next day, the next day, the next day. 
We started in verse 1 with echoes of Genesis 1 in creation. We know that the days were really significant in creation. And I think if you count through the different days that happen from verse 19 of chapter 1 onwards, and then if you come on the third day, I think that puts us on the seventh day. Which is interesting if we keep having these illusions of Genesis. Uh, what's John wanting to draw our attention to? Um, is this the kind of the end of the new creation, this new time when Jesus as the, the resurrection Messiah has come in? Um, is it an, a reference to the Sabbath? And should we be seeing that in the background here? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it might be. And I think I lean more towards the, the creation. Um, this is the new era of God's people. And I think that might be hinted at with what we saw at the end of last week about the angels ascending and descending of the Son of Man, which is how chapter 1 ended. Mm. So I think this is kind of new birth, new age. Um, I think that's what the third day is going on. But if you have other thoughts, feel free to let us know. You can fill out another a feedback slip, campusbiblestudy.org slash tbt. Um, I'd love to hear what you think, but I'm not sure it's a reference to the resurrection there. Hmm. That's really interesting. I've actually never noticed that before until you mentioned it. Um, that's really helpful. Um, our next question is from Jonah, um, who is uh, curious about the ethics of working in hospitality that involves alcohol and drunkenness. Uh, I think this is referring on to when Jesus uh, turns water into wine. Uh, he says, alcohol is a gift from God. Someone needs to see it. Why not me? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I talked a bit uh, about the fact that alcohol, there's nothing wrong with it. God's given it to us. But drunkenness isn't something that we should, uh, that is pleasing to God, that we should participate in or encourage or celebrate. And it's a real sadness the way that it is celebrated and the the violence and the harm and the um, yeah, the impact of that is accepted in our society. Uh, what does it mean for working in hospitality? Can a Christian do that? Any thoughts, Grace? I think yes, uh, definitely. I, all work is good. Um, and especially, I think, in thinking about a job that involves alcohol, that's kind of your responsibility in the work is to serve um, uh, alcohol and, and other things. Um, but there's definitely wisdom around that. Perhaps that's where Jonah's coming at this from. Yeah, I was interested. The the New South Wales Liquor Act, your responsible servants of alcohol, it actually uh, doesn't celebrate drunkenness. And part of your responsibility in a licensed venue is to look after your patrons as intoxication, drunkenness is not permitted, mm. not to supply alcohol to those who are intoxicated. Uh, and your duty is to seek to minimize the harm associated with alcohol, to minimize abuse of alcohol. So I think there's actually a lot um, behind you if you are working in hospitality to, uh, I guess, uphold what God desires, that people don't get drunk and, and harm others. Mm. Um, but even if that's the, the legislation, it's not always what happens in, in practice. And so uh, if it is a place which goes against your conscience and you feel like you're being encouraged by your manager to in, well support people, to participate in their, their sinful practices, then maybe it's not the place for you to work in. Mm. Um, because I think God would value you honoring your conscience and not actually leading others in sin. Yeah, really helpful. Um, uh, we've uh, done a Bible study on John 3, um, which is uh, Jesus' conversation with uh, a Pharisee called Nicodemus. 
Uh, and a question has come up from Grace, another Grace, not me, um, from the Bible Talks in terms of the born of the water in spirit ID in verse 5, um, asking about is this baptism, is this human birth, spiritual birth, or something to do with Ezekiel, or I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a great question. It was a question that most of our Bible studies wrestled with through mm. the week. I wonder if I read a couple of verses. I'd love to hear how you guys work through it in your Bible study this week, Grace. Mm. Uh, Jesus answers Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you from verse 3, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus questions, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, and I think saying the same thing as he said in verse 3 again, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, I think this is paralleling this being born again, but it raised lots of questions. People are asking, is this reference to water a reference to baptism? Could water be somehow kind of uh, the waters that break when someone is born? Could this be talking about human birth in comparison to spiritual birth? Um, how did you guys go working through it in Bible study? Yeah, um, we actually did it this morning um, and I think we were working through whether if water was talking about baptism, then what is kind of uh, the significance of that. And then uh, some of our members kind of were saying, oh, maybe not baptism uh, because it's uh, more so a symbol um, as opposed to uh, something that you're born of in order to enter the kingdom of God. Um, and then we kind of, uh, after discussing, we landed on some ideas on cleansing and being made pure, uh, which is what is needed for the spirit to dwell in people because we are naturally sinful. Uh, and then we turn to Ezekiel 36, verse 24 to 28. That's a really helpful verse because I think um, you're right to explore as people do raise these different options. I don't think there's um, precedent elsewhere for seeing water being a reference to human birth. Uh, I don't think in the, particularly in the original language, but even here, I don't think these are presented as two different things that take place. I think being born of the water and spirit is one thing. Mm. And Nicodemus is a teacher of the law. It seems like he's expected to know these things. And so I think it's right that we look back into the law, into what God has written in the Old Testament beforehand mm. to try and make sense of it. Do you want to read Ezekiel 36? Uh, maybe just a couple of verses there that help us to see what water and spirit might have to do with. Yeah, I'll read uh, verse 24 to 28. Um, I will take you, so this is God speaking to the Israelites through Ezekiel. Uh, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. Uh, and from your, all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Yeah, thank you. It's a great picture, isn't it, of God's promise to his people, something and uh, that I take it Nicodemus would have been quite familiar with this mm. beautiful promise of God regathering his people and giving them his spirit that would allow them to walk in his ways. But alongside the spirit, you've got this picture in verse 25 of being sprinkled with clean water mm. to be clean from all their uncleanness, to, to have their old heart taken out and receive this new heart 
by the Spirit, no longer a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. And so it seems that Nicodemus perhaps should have understood that when Jesus is talking of this glorious new spiritual birth that comes from above, he should have perhaps been thinking of this cleansing and renewing, uh, this picture of what the water and the Spirit can do for those. It's the gift of God, it's the promise of God, mm. uh, and we see that it's being realized through Jesus' death in our place. And so I think that that's the, the best way of understanding it, which Nicodemus probably should have got, and hopefully a number of our Bible studies got there as well this week. <laughs> yes. Um, thanks for that, Tim. Um, what's next? Uh, what are, can we look forward to um, next week at the Bible Talks? We continue to move pretty rapidly through John's Gospel. Uh, we're trying to provide students with a summary of, I guess, the whole of the Gospel that supports them as they read John's Gospel with their friends. We're encouraging people to keep on inviting their friends to meet Jesus. And so we're going quite quickly. We're looking at chapters 4 to 6 next week. And it'd be great to read through those chapters before the Bible talks. I think we see a bit of a shift. If we saw the first of Jesus' signs as things he was doing, these works in chapters 2 and 3, we see a bit of a shift in chapters 4 to 6 about the place of words, uh, particularly those who believe on account of the words that they hear. So as you read through, think about uh, where you see words coming up, testimony, belief based on words, uh, and that'll be a big theme that we pick up next week at the Bible Talk. Great, looking forward to it. Uh, speaking about words, Tim, can you wrap us up with a word of prayer? Would love to, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we could be reminded this week of the cleansing that you offer through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that we may all receive this new birth that is from above, that gives us entry into your kingdom and eternal life with you. Thank you for the incredible love that you have shown us through Jesus who died on the cross to save us and rose to declare clearly who he is and of the life that is to come. May we all continue to grow in our trust in you as we keep listening to your word through the book of John. And we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on your regular podcasting app. And why don't you check us out on Facebook, YouTube, or visit our website at campusbiblestudy.org.